Welcome inside the newsroom. My name is Kelsey Bradshaw and I'm the news editor at the University Star. Today I'm here with Carly Porterfield, assistant news editor at the University Star. Renaldo Leonios Jr., news director at KTSW 89.9. Sarah Duran, KTSW 89.9, news reporter. Cool. Are you guys excited to be back on the podcast? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's been a while. So. It has been a while. So just to give everyone a little update, if you guys haven't listened before, which you should totally be listening. Uh, the way Inside the Newsroom works is we do a couple of headlines every week, sometimes anywhere from like two to four headlines that really caught our attention and we really enjoyed reporting on. We'll do a couple of quotes that stuck out and then we'll always leave you with something that's coming up next week to keep you just wanting more, you know? It's just a good time here, so. Yeah, so we'll go ahead and um, jump right into our headlines of the week. And one of the things that KTSW, um, I guess, did this past week was we ran a story from one of our reporters, um, Trevor Frank, who had read a New York Times article that was that was published and it kind of just dealt with the idea of what if sorority houses um, allowed partying and what if they allowed alcohol at their sorority houses so he kind of like explored that and was able to kind of get like a local angle so I think that's just such a unique angle like you would never think like to actually take the alcohol to the sorority houses because that's just something you don't see here or at least at the Texas in Texas I was gonna say like sororities in the south are very different Mm -hmm. from the ones in the north so I don't know if we'll ever see that sort of thing happening here right I know in that New York Times article um, the chapter in question was actually Sigma Delta it's an unaffiliated with any national sororities so it's just kind of a local camp like a local chapter at Dartmouth so I don't know if you can really compare like a local northern sorority to like a big panhellenic chapter in the south just because of like i guess cultural differences here and it is something interesting to look into about sexual assault on campuses so i mean that's just like a neat idea for sororities to host parties yeah no definitely i think it'll be more relevant once they can get an actual like panhellenic um story out there where they actually do host something like that but Anytime in the near future, I just don't see it. The way that sororities are very run, they're typically not alcohol party based. Yeah, I was going to say, it'd be really hard to get a sorority girl on the record being like, yes, please, I would like to have a (laughs) rager at the sorority house. So, yeah. Yeah. And like Trevor, um, actually, like he interviewed like one of the just a sorority member like um, here on campus and he kind of got her opinion as to like what she thought about it. And like her herself, like she just didn't really think like that just allowing that would make sexual assaults like or reduce them from happening you know so Mm -hmm. he got that perspective as well and in the process like I didn't know that in order for like fraternities to like have parties and stuff that it was extremely like regulated I had I had no idea there are a bunch of rules speaking from someone who yes I have gone to a fraternity party I'm not a total (laughs) loser who's in the newsroom all the time uh you go there and you're like is anyone in charge is there an adult here (laughs) like that sort of thing but they do have some strict rules that they follow Yeah, definitely. And I think, you know, maybe as time goes on, we'll maybe come to that eventually where sororities do. But just in the long run, I don't think it's going to happen. Just the way that they're run, um, the houses are typically, from what I've known, um, are typically more run as facilities and they're more like educational facilities than known for partying. and. Yeah, that's the other thing, too, is like sorority houses are probably in pristine condition and people can sleep and bathe and eat there, whereas fraternity houses are typically disgusting. Trashed, yes. (laughs) And then the other big headline this week actually uh, had to do with the University Star. Uh, University officials are reviewing the student media hiring process in wake of an oversight that happened at the University Star. Uh, Our past editor-in-chief, Osagi Odua, he resigned. Uh, He cited family illness as his reason for resigning. Um, 
and SJMC officials came down on Friday, January 30th, to the University Star Building to talk to our editorial board, and they were just saying that he no longer met the requirements to be editor-in-chief, and in the middle of the meeting, Judy Oscom, the director of the School of Mass Com, of Journalism and Mass Com, she got an email from him after she had told us that and said that he resigned due to family illness. And for those of you, for those of y'all who don't know, uh, the job description to be editor-in-chief, there's two requirements. You have to have an overall 2.5 GPA and be in good academic standing, and you have to be enrolled in a minimum of 12 credit hours unless they're graduating in the final semester of the year-long appointment. So they told us that, and they did not tell us they couldn't specify if, you know, if he wasn't enrolled or, like, if he wasn't in good academic standing. So talking to a room full of reporters, we kind of were like, okay, well, we have to figure this out. You know, this is one of our own. Like, this is so crazy. And so Nicole Barrios, the new interim editor-in-chief, and myself, we headed down to the registrar's office. And you can just, unless there's some sort of privacy hold on someone's account, you can ask and see, hey, has this person enrolled? So if you're doing like a fun like feature story at the Star about George Strait and you want to go and be like, hey, when was George Strait enrolled in school? They'll tell you, oh, fall, whatever, spring, whatever. So they told us that he was not enrolled in school for fall 2014 or spring 2015 semesters. So this whole week, we've just kind of been dealing with that going on. It's been a little crazy. We had to get ahead of the story. The metaphor we've been telling everyone is Livestrong. Uh, whenever everything happened with Lance and doping and everything like that, Livestrong was the first ones to report it. So we kind of took that same sort of idea upon ourselves to get through the week. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, I think we've also been tested kind of at KTSW this week with this story just because it's not something you hear of every day. Um, we've also contacted the university registrar, but however, I'm not sure just because y'all went in person over the phone, they were not really giving us much. So that was a little bit tricky and a little yeah, bit frustrating. It is a at touchy the time thing time. to deal yeah, with. Yeah, it definitely is. So I wasn't too shocked when I wasn't able to get much information about Otis. And so looking forward, um, after this happened and he ended up not being enrolled in school, which is a very large oversight to make, uh, SJMC officials are planning on being more thorough and they're currently right now reviewing the student media hiring process. And so a lot of things are changing um, at the start. I know that if even if you're just a reporter, not just a reporter, reporters are important too. My bad guys, sorry, <laughs> <Hey>. shout out. <laughs> um, but, you know, it doesn't matter what ranking you have at the start, your academic standing will be checked and we will be making sure you are enrolled in school. Um, and so right now, Nicole Barrios is our interim editor-in-chief, and we just want to give a little shout-out to Nicole because Friday morning she had a meeting with Ray and student government, and one hour later she became editor-in-chief. Yeah. So she I can't kinda, even imagine what that's like. Mm -hmm. It was, yes, probably very stressful, especially because then she had to deal with all of us on Edboard. So. Mm -hmm. She did so well this week. Like, I can't. Stop talking about it Nicole. to everyone, right? Oh, like Nicole's good. an angel. Mm -hmm. And so uh, the other thing, too, that came into question was because um, we do know that Evagaro was getting paid while he was editor-in-chief. So Carly went over to JCK to talk to payroll people to figure out how he was still getting paid, even though he was considered an, an active student. I did. I went to the payroll office at JCK, and um, they didn't really know what was going on. Um, they're not very... Uh, they're not as involved with kind of like the upper level stuff like that. Like they just give out the paychecks is basically what they told me. But they did refer me to career services. And I spoke with their director, Norma Garagayer, and she was very helpful. And she explained to me that the reason that they didn't catch um, that Ibagaru wasn't enrolled in school was because they only deal with positions that are paid by the hour. And mm -hmm. the editor-in-chief position is paid, you know, every two weeks, kind of more like Same a salary. Kind of salary thing. Yeah. Right. So um, she says that they're, they run checks monthly, but that's the reason they didn't catch that because that's not even really their jurisdiction. And she referred to me to human uh, resources, but they did not give me a call back. 
And I know whenever this first story came out, Ray had Ray texted me and he was just kind of like, so what are you guys going to do now? Is everything okay? Are you okay? <laughs> and of course, you know, it kind of, this did take an emotional toll on everyone because we were all friends with him and he was our coworker and mm-hmm. he, he was Otis, you know, he was our guy. And uh, so we delved into the article and that came out on Wednesday and we also published an editorial explaining why we reported on our friend because we did get a lot of feedback that was kind of like, why would you do this to your friend? Like you're exposing him and things like that. And it was just, it was hard to do for us, but we had yeah. to do it because Especially being a journalist, yeah. you know, yeah. like that's regardless of the situation, you know, you have to like put on your journalism cap and yeah. just do your job. Mm-hmm. And like, it feels silly cause we are just students, but like we're journalists too. And you know, we had to do it. And if this were to happen with the student government president or whatever figure on campus, we would have to do it the same. And you know, it's the ethical thing to do. Uh, and that's the way the star has always been. Um, honest honest paper I guess you could say mm-hmm. and I don't know we're all just kind of ready to move on uh, mm-hmm. the University Star will still be the newspaper that it's always been and we did reach out to Otis uh, the night that we found out he was not enrolled um, and his official comment at that time was no comment um, and we called him a couple of times a couple of days before the article came out on Wednesday with the editorial and he made a comment via text message and said, my comment then is, I have cleared everything up with my enrollment mis- issues and I'm ready to move on. And that's what he said in his text message. And, you know, I think we're ready to move on to you and just mm-hmm. continue producing great content. And I'm sure you guys are doing the same. Yeah, I mean, it's been, a, it's been a big learning curve for all of us, you know what I mean, in terms of, like, covering the story and everything like that. I know, like, Sarah also, like, was um, able to, like, reach out to Otis as well. Yeah, we all kind of took a part in the story and we all try to reach out to different people, just try to get their opinions. um, Just try to figure out what happened. Yeah, Mm -hmm. and so I kind of took the approach of speaking to Mr. Evergara and um, surprisingly he did answer his phone when I called and um, he was very polite, very easy to talk to Mm -hmm. and we decided to go ahead and do an interview. And so we went ahead and exchanged email addresses and we discussed over email that we would meet. Um, on Wednesday at 5.30 at Mocha's. And um, so I went to Mocha's and Java's yesterday, or on Wednesday, and um, I was there for an hour, and Mr. Evergard decided, I guess, not to show up after multiple phone calls. And that's completely fine. I understand if he's not deciding yeah, to comment know, at this time. Sometimes things, maybe, we don't know. Yeah, you know, sometimes definitely. Sometimes things just happen. Definitely, definitely. So hopefully, you know, I think it's good to say that he's definitely ready to move on from our point of view yeah and i mean also i mean just looking at this you know it's more than just like a university star issue you know it's it's much more than a, than that or it's transformed much more into that you know i mean sj school the school of journalism mass communication um officials are like thoroughly like looking through the application process for student media and i wouldn't be surprised i mean even if this transcends into like organizations Other on campus organizations, in general yeah. but in the process of like um sjmc officials like looking at student media i mean it was discovered that three students at at KTSW in high exec in executive director positions, you know, we're not meeting um, GPA requirements, you know. But in a conversation, um, th- there was a panel. I mean, our faculty, our advisor was there, and like multiple multiple people from the School of Journalism, Mass Communication, were also sitting on there. Came to the conclusion that in the application um, period or in, in the in the application itself, that some things were not very clear. You know, some things were vague in terms of the GPA requirements and just a lot of different factors came into play. So those three people will continue in their executive positions, you know, um, because of that fact that things were not clear. But moving forward, you know, um, things are going to get a lot 
a lot tighter, tighter, sort of not yeah. vague mm-hmm. in the application mm-hmm. process, and will be implemented for the thorough. summer for the summer semester and for the fall semester, and just moving on as Forever. well. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I think it's a great change. I mean, mm-hmm. I think I feel more comfortable as a student involved with the student media that this is being double checked now, and I think you know only great things can can come out of this. That's right. the other thing too is like a change. A lot of changes are being made, but none of them. I mean, only good can come from it. Uh, one of the fun changes, I guess, is that Nicole is editor-in-chief and our, our good friend Cameron Cutshaw is going to be managing editor for this semester and we're excited to have mm-hmm. him kind of leading us in the digital things. He's recording this podcast right now. Um, <laughs> so we're happy to have that and I guess we're all just kind of ready to move on. Right. I've never been more proud to work at the Star. Yeah. You star for life, baby. <laughs> uh, moving on into our quotes of the week. Our quote actually comes from the same story about the hiring process and it comes from the director of student publications and advisor to the university star mr bob jackson and when he was asked about checking eligibility this is what he said he said we didn't have a reason to he's been here and by he he said he meant otis um he's been here since 2012 he was eligible then he moved up through the ranks and did such a tremendous job that he brought a lot of innovation a lot of energy i would ask him i would ask any student you are in school right and they'd say yes there was no reason to think otherwise but now we will so that's just a nice quote from Bob and um, yeah. just again like there's no other, there, there was no reason to think to check someone's eligibility because you're working at a student publication so of course you're a student but now we will and so <laughs> we'll move on and that's that's what we're doing Definitely. Yeah. and then um, our quote I guess for the week would be from um, our sen- from senior faculty member <laughs> of the School of Journalism <laughs> Mass Communication also general manager at KTSW Daniel Schumacher and it's not really a quote it's more of a paraphrase <laughs> so um, just basically get a, him on the record but he did say it <laughs> Which is that, I mean, moving forward, you know, with all this stuff, I mean, goods come out of it, you know, I mean, higher, I guess, standards for um, people in, in student media and like the application process and just just moving on you know and just um there was like noticing that there was like maybe some loopholes in the system you know and just making mm-hmm. sure that we tighten those things up to ensure that this never happens again i mean to anybody down the line who may be in higher executive positions or like our directors you know what mm-hmm. i mean like people who advise us as well so that it doesn't happen to them in the future as well because i think the general theme is again just to reiterate really is moving on i know everyone at the star we were all upset at the situation but I think we're all just kind of like we're all just big you know exhale and we're ready to mm-hmm. move on it's never boring forward. in news that is true yeah. every week is different and that is a perfect segue into our next <laughs> little thing little sneak peek into next week because <laughs> it won't be boring next week in news we're actually doing a story on campus carry at the star and see just look into that like do people already carry guns on campus what's the deal with that yeah definitely mm-hmm. And also we're doing a story about uh, the new food bank director. Hayes County Food Bank got a new director, and we're very excited to learn more about her, see where she's coming from, and also to see just what the food bank does in our community. It's not something you hear about a lot, but I'm sure they make a lot of difference in a lot of people's lives. And then um, for KTSW, what we'll be working on for next week, and I guess the weeks after that too, is we have a specialty show called In the Public Interest, and it's something that the news department heads. And our first our first show goes up this Sunday, so I'm really excited about that. It's Valentine's Day themed, but we're going to take an interesting approach into looking into dating apps, you know, and how people use them. And according to, like, the Hayes Caldwell Women's Center, um, one of the workers there has seen, like, an interesting trend and in how people who use dating apps 
um, are just more prone to sometimes getting like sexually assaulted because wow. they might be thinking that they're going on dates, but actually this happens. So we're gonna take a diet. We're gonna take a look into that, and then also just another story um, for Black History Month is we're gonna be looking into Greek culture and like. Ha- ha- have a conversation about is there a racial divide within Greek culture and so that, that's going to be kind of interesting to explore as well so mm-hmm. something cool. to look forward to yeah looking forward to it yeah I'm excited I hope everyone's excited we finally you know I know it's February but we have started <laughs> this podcast again um, so as always thanks for joining us this week on Inside the Newsroom be sure to look for us every Friday on iTunes SoundCloud the University Star and KTSW's website Leave any questions or comments on either website or tweet at us using the hashtag NewsroomTXST. Don't forget to pick up the University Star and listen to KTSW every week.